It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked On Reds podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Head over to BuiltBar.com and enter the promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The 2020 season did not quite go as planned for Reds fans as the playoffs ended abruptly in the wild card round. Now the Reds are left to pick up the pieces during the offseason and fix a lineup that was the worst in Major League Baseball. How are they going to do it? What are they going to do? Rumors, transactions, news, all here on the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Let's go. What's up, Reds fans? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here today. On today's episode, I want to talk about Didi Gregorius, the value that he could bring to the Reds should they choose to sign him as their shortstop for 2021. I'm, I'm really only looking for this next coming season. But before we talk about that, I want to talk about Tucker Barnhart. Congratulations to Tucker Barnhart, his second career gold glove. He was announced yesterday as the winner of the National League Gold Glove at catcher, beating out Wilson Contreras from the Cubs and Jacob Stallings from the Pirates. It was mostly based on statistics and the metrics and things like that. Like fan graphs has him at a 5.8 defensive war wins above replacement and nine defensive runs saved according to Fan graphs. So some good statistics on the fielding side. And even when you kind of expand it, you look at his framing. His framing wasn't like top of the league, but he's definitely come a long way in a couple of years with the pitch framing metric as he was actually tied with Kirk Casale for one runs extra strikes. So it's kind of like they, they extrapolate the strikes that they add based on their framing capabilities and then kind of give a run value to that. That's kind of the way that metrics like to work. You add run values to things to kind of explain a little bit as to what those particular capabilities add to the win probability of a team. And according to that, Tucker Barnhart at least added a little something-something with his framing. Also something of note, when you look at the runners who tried to steal on Tucker Barnhart, there were 22 steal attempts against Tucker. He punched out eight of them for a 36% rate, just slightly above Wilson Contreras at 35% and Jacob Stallings at 33%. I mean, dude was absolutely phenomenal behind the plate, catching this pitching staff that has all kinds of different movement pitches and things like that. He was stoked. He he was smiling from ear to ear whenever he was talking to the media after receiving his second gold glove. Winning the first one in 17 was like a dream come true. Um, and then you just kind of set out to just kind of not make that become the one and only. Um, and then obviously there was a couple, a couple years in between that I didn't have as good a defensive year as I would have liked. Um, but – 
to win it this year um, when it is strictly based on numbers. Um, there's really no arguing it. Um, for me, it means everything. And uh, to be a multiple uh, gold glove winner uh, two time at this point in my career uh, is really, really cool. And um, I feel like I've overachieved in a way. And uh, hopefully this isn't, the, uh, this isn't the end. Hopefully I can win a couple more. Having gone through it once before, um, I wasn't on pins and needles as much. Um, I, I, knowing that it was knowing that it was strictly about numbers and, and things like, like that, knowing what my numbers were, I was, I hate to say I was pretty confident. I, I was, I was confident going in that, that I had a good chance to win. Um, but you never know. And, uh, and, and to hear your name called is, it's really cool. Um, and it's just a lot of emotions go through your head. A lot of people that, that, that have helped you get to where you are. Um, that it's just, it's super special. This is kind of a feather in the cap for Tucker Barnhart as a catcher for the Cincinnati Reds. Two-time gold gloves. He now joins the Johnnies, Johnny Edwards and Johnny Bench, as the only other Reds catchers in the history of the franchise to win multiple gold gloves. Johnny Edwards won two. Johnny Bench won ten. So, you know, Tucker's got a couple more to do to catch up to Johnny Bench. But overall, I mean, it kind of speaks to his 2020 season. And there were a lot of players that when you look back on 2020, you can explain it as, boy, it wasn't the best of years for them. But then you can look at it a different way and say, well, actually, you can kind of see how it wasn't so bad. And that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But really what I'm looking at with Tucker Barnhart is defensively, you know exactly what you're getting. And we knew that coming into the season that's always going to be an argument for Tucker. He is an amazing defensive catcher, and some people like to use the catcher ERA statistic as well. I think a huge part of that are the actual pitchers that he works with, but it speaks volumes to Tucker about Tucker that he works so well with so many different styles of pitching amongst this pitching staff. But everybody looks at the hitting, which obviously in gold gloves, you don't talk about a catcher's hitting ability. It's all about his fielding ability. But as we extrapolate and we take a look at what the future could be for multiple-time gold glove award winner Tucker Barnhart and the Cincinnati Reds, I think we all agree that we're just kind of waiting for when Tyler Stevenson takes the reins because we believe it's going to be sooner rather than later. But when teams look back, and evaluate player performances in the year that was 2020, I think they're going to look at it a little bit differently than we do. Because we look at his season statistics and we say, well, he got on base less than 30% of the time. He hit 204. His strikeout percentage was up and his walk percentage was down from years past. So he's not looking like such a good hitter. But with such a small sample size, you can even break it down further. Because in the months of July and August, he wasn't a good hitter. In the months of September, in, in the month of September, though, he was phenomenal. He hit 243. Okay, you're not really that impressed by that, but he got on base almost 35 of the time, and he slugged 595 and 943 OPS in the month of September. You might ask, who had a better month of September when you look at the OPS statistic for the Reds? And the answer would be. Nobody. Tucker Barnhart had the best OPS in the month of September for your Cincinnati Reds. 
So as we head into this next season, and we are all expecting Tyler Stevenson to grab hold of the reins, I do believe the Reds are, at least at first, not going to really change their catching situation all that much. In fact, uh, Tucker Barnhart could be your number one catcher at the beginning of the season simply because of the way he finished 2020. It's interesting because Jeff Passan has an article up on ESPN.com, you know, with 20 questions about the upcoming MLB offseason. And one of the things he talks about is the arbitration process during this offseason. And he said that, you know, through all of the uh, just bickering back and forth last offseason, trying to figure out how they were going to go about a 2020 season, there was a clause in there that they could figure out an alternative method for arbitration, figure out how to insert statistic multipliers and things like that when it comes to negotiating player raises and salaries and stuff like that. Because with a shortened season, the counting statistics are obviously going to be much lower. According to Jeff Passan, though, no agreement to any sort of alternative methods for that was made. But I think that it will behoove teams to at least be a little patient. I know we as fans don't want to be patient. We want to see Tyler Stevenson be the everyday catcher because we know the talent that he put on display in his limited playing time in 2020. But I think that it behooves us to give a little bit of patience to Tucker. I think what we know up to this point is that Tucker has been kind of a light-hitting catcher, to put it mildly. But in the month of September, with that 943 OPS, he had four homers, and he also had a double as well. So he was knocking the extra base hits all over the park with seven RBIs and 37 total at-bats. Now, granted, that was half of the at-bats that Mike Moustakis, your second highest OPS red for the month of September, had. But he made the most of his opportunities. And last season was the first year that he ditched the switch hitting role. He he did not hit right-handed at any point. He was lefty all the way. So I'm interested to see, at least in the short term, maybe the first month or two of the 2021 season, what do we get from Tucker Barnhart? What does he show us? Because obviously, momentum in baseball is kind of hard to explain if there even is such a thing. But to carry it over through an offseason to the beginning of a 2021 season, that's going to be something else entirely. So I'll be interested to see how Tucker goes about that. But overall, I am very, very happy that Tucker Barnhart now is a two-time gold glove catcher. And I look forward to seeing what he gives the Reds moving forward. Because we're talking about a guy who has one year left on his contract, and then the Reds have a team option for 2022. So the onus is going to be put on Tucker to perform and perform quick because he could lose his job. But that that's something for down the road. Right now, we're celebrating the fact that Tucker Barnhart is a Gold Glove winner. All right, coming up here in just a minute, I want to talk about D.D. Gregorius. I've talked a lot about Andrelton Simmons being a possible shortstop for the Reds in 2021. I'm going to look at the converse. Simmons is more so for the glove. D.D. Gregorius is for the bat, man. He can hit. But before we get into that, let me talk about some snacks. I, who doesn't love a snack? Grab yourself a Built Bar because that is one of the best snacks you can have. And right now, they've actually got pumpkin chocolate chip cookie back so go grab some of that at BuiltBar.com and enter the promo code Locked On for 20% off your order of pumpkin chocolate chip. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. You guys have heard me say that 
all the time. I'm telling you, these things taste amazing, but they're also good for you. If you are like me and you kind of indulge in snacks quite a bit, Built Bar fits right in because they taste amazing. They're going to satisfy your snack craving, but they're not going to make you feel as though you just ate a sleeve of Oreos, for example. Check out BuiltBar.com. Enter the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your order of pumpkin chocolate chip cookie, like I said, or you can get some cherry barcia, one of my favorites. You can check out mint chocolate brownie. You can check out all of the different fruit flavors that they've got. There's so many to choose from at BuiltBar.com. And with the promo code locked on, you'll save 20% off your next order of amazingly nutritious and specifically delicious Built Bar. As we're jumping into the free agent talk here and looking at D.D. Gregorius for the Reds at shortstop, wanted to mention it became official just moments ago, actually, while I was recording this, that Trevor Bauer has officially declined the Reds' qualifying offer. For those of you that are surprised by that, um, I don't know why, because we all expected this to happen. However, he did mention in his statement saying that he is declining the qualifying offer that he in no way is discounting the fact that he will negotiate with the Reds for a return. So it's not as if he is closing the door for any possible return to Great American Ballpark, but he understands he can make more money than $18.9 million a year. So we'll see how this saga plays out as step two has now been taken. The qualifying offer has been extended. He has rejected it. He is officially a free agent. Go back and check out the uh, Celebrating Trevor Bauer episode that I had earlier on in the week because uh, Trevor Bauer's awesome and deserves to be celebrated for his 2020 performance on the Cincinnati Reds and hopefully for a 2021 return. All right, so let's talk about this D.D. Gregorius, the guy who was drafted by the Reds, came up through the organization, but was traded before he really made any sort of impact on the Major League side. D.D. had a phenomenal 2020. As a lot of players that we've been talking about were saying, oh, you you know, you got to kind of look at some different aspects of their statistics to kind of figure out exactly where 2020 wasn't as bad as the numbers say. D.D.'s not like that at all. Dude hit 284 in 215 at-bats in 2020. He had an OPS plus of 119, i.e. he was almost 20% better than your league average hitter. 10 home runs and 40 RBIs. He got on base just shy of 34% of the time. He was a key member of the Phillies lineup last season. Even though the Phillies did not quite hit the goals that they were hoping for, the one year that they got out of D.D. Gregorius was right where they wanted it. And now kind of puts into perspective what he could get. Because with this crazy offseason that Major League Baseball is about to jump into, nobody knows exactly what the top guys are going to garner as much as they could in free agency. In a normal year, you'd probably see D.D. Gregorius getting a multi-year deal with some decent numbers on the salary side, which is why I would initially think that the Reds may be out on D.D. because they really only need a solution for one year. And he could still be looking mostly for multi-year deals at this point because last season getting that one year deal everyone kind of knew that he was still trying he was still just in a prove it mode coming off of that injury now he's proven that he's healthy he's proving that he can produce he may be a little bit more expensive both in terms of money and years for the reds to go after 
And I mentioned, too, that he contrasts Andrelton Simmons in that he's more of a bat-first shortstop. It's not as if he is a bad fielder. He actually kind of made a step forward in 2020 as opposed to 2019. I mentioned, though, that you know a lot of 2019 he was hurt, and so in 2020 he was just trying to prove that he was healthy. However, in 2019, playing shortstop for the Yankees, he had a outs above average of negative 14, i.e. he was terrible. In 2020, as a Philly, it was only negative one. So he's much closer to a league average fielder and somebody that you're not putting in the lineup and worried about what he does out in the field, per se. He he could be an all-around type shortstop. So for that, he should definitely be one of the top targets for the Reds at shortstop this offseason. I just wonder how that's going to play out as far as what they would need to sign him. I mentioned that they may be out based on the years and the money, so it it could be a scenario that if he is still on the market, maybe around January, and the Reds haven't signed a shortstop by that point, that it could work out. But if he's one of the first guys off the free agent board, I find it hard to believe that he is one of the first guys off the free agent board and he's coming to Cincinnati. Now, with that being said, shortstop is really the only glaring hole that the Reds absolutely need to do something about this offseason. Outside of maybe going and re-signing Trevor Bauer, the financial burden, the financial focus, if you will, should be on shortstop. So maybe DD is not priced out based on that. The only thing is, I, I would really only want them to sign him to a one-year deal. I don't want the Reds to sign a shortstop for multiple years, thereby blocking Jose Garcia. Dude's going to be ready, I believe, definitely by 2022 and probably September of 2021. If uh, Hopefully, that's, that's more of uh, just me being overly optimistic, like I like to do. But Didi would be a very interesting piece for the Reds to add and somebody that they could slot in in the top half of their lineup and feel pretty good about him being up there as well with that 284 average and the uh, 30, you know, 339 on base percentage as well. So that's another one. I, I think, uh, so let's see, I gave a B- minus to Marcus Simeon. I gave a B plus to Andrelton Simmons, probably give a B plus to Didi as well, but I might grade that down to a B just based on what it may take. I, I think it will take a little bit more for the Reds to go after him and pull him in as opposed to Andrelton Simmons. I think Andrelton Simmons checks all the boxes as far as fitting into the shortstop spot, improving the defense, being a guy that you could slot in in the back half of the lineup and not have to pay a ton. I, I don't know exactly what that means, but you know, maybe seven, eight million, something like that. I bet Didi probably gets somewhere between ten and fifteen million. I know that's a little bit wider range, but I think that that's definitely not without the realm of possibility. All right. That's going to do it for us here today. Tomorrow we have a special episode. Rob Wooten joins me. You might remember I had a chat with him this past offseason about his journey through the minor leagues and trying to return to the major leagues after so many arm surgeries. He's officially retired from playing, but he is still going to be a part of the Reds organization as he is officially signed as the Reds pitching coach for the Chattanooga Lookouts. We're going to talk 
more about that tomorrow with him on the podcast, so you're not going to want to miss that. But now, tell your smart device to play the Locked On MLB podcast, and I will talk to each and every one of you tomorrow. Let's go, Rex. Hey. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 